Hey, it's Callie, and you're listening to the 37th episode of the Hippie Haven podcast. I apologize if the audio quality of this intro bit isn't very good. I'm recording this on my phone in my van from Boise, Idaho. I am finally back on the road full-time again, which is why there was no episode last week. I just got super caught up in readjusting to van life, and I had to leave my laptop at my Bestowed Essential store in South Dakota so that Cheska could print shipping labels, and now I just have my phone and my iPad. And I didn't think ahead on the fact that I can't plug my podcast microphone into either one of those devices, hence why I'm currently doing this with the voice recorder app on my phone. Luckily, today's interview and quite a few interviews to be released in the upcoming weeks, they were pre-recorded when I was still in South Dakota, so those will have the sound quality that you're used to. If you're new here, I release an episode every Wednesday related to living an ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle. And this includes so many different topics, from reducing your trash, preventing food waste, secondhand shopping, veganism, gardening, starting an eco-business, and more. Despite the name, you don't have to consider yourself a hippie to get value from this podcast. It's really geared for anyone who cares about the current and future state of the planet and who wants to take action, both in your day-to-day routine and on a larger scale of community activism, because, as Margaret Mead said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, that's the only thing that ever has. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a new episode. Today's guest is Kate Giseldo from Compost Queens, a mother-daughter-owned compost pickup service in San Antonio, Texas, where they collect food scraps and other compostable materials from local residents and businesses, donating them to organic farmers in the area to replenish their soil. Kate is sharing how her and her mother started and grew this business, why food waste is such an important issue, and how you can start your own composting business to have a huge impact, not just in your community alone, but for the environment overall. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on my new website. That's www.hippiehavenpodcast.com. This episode is made possible by my book, Starting a Zero-Waste Business, Everything I Wish I'd Known, available July 1st, 2019. If you've had this idea for an eco-business rattling around in your head for a while, but you just have no idea how to get started, and honestly, you're a little scared to jump in the deep end of becoming an entrepreneur, this book is for you. In it, I share how I started and scaled my own zero-waste business over the last two and a half years all the mistakes I've made along the way, the resources I couldn't have survived without, and my tips for success in your journey. To sign up for pre-orders, visit bestowedessentials.com and click on the book tab. As always, thank you for supporting all the work I do. Now for today's episode. What is Compost Queens and where did the idea come from? Compost Queens is a San Antonio-based residential and commercial curbside composting service. So We take food waste from residents and apartments, houses, and then small restaurants and local businesses, and we take it to local farms where they process it in their farms to use as finished compost. We use a method called Bokashi that allows us to ferment the food waste so we can accept all solid food waste, and it also keeps down like the smell and the presence of pests and things like that, so our residents can keep the buckets around a little bit longer and we save on, you know, having to drive all over town 
instead of every week, we can do it every two weeks or every four weeks. Um, we started, so I'm, I started the company with my mom, we're partners, and really she got the idea by seeing a, a documentary on our local public television station, and it was talking about a woman in Brooklyn, I believe, who was doing a very similar business, and she's a lifelong gardener and loves the getting dirty and composting aspect of it, so she thought that it was a great idea, and I'm a social worker by training and an educator as well. And so I was looking for a change and thought this was a really good, viable idea. I'm very concerned about the environment. So this felt like a way that we could really be making an impact directly in our local community. What were the biggest hurdles you faced in the very beginning stages of starting your business? Oh, well, I think the biggest one was just realizing all the things we didn't know we needed to know. We we kind of just started. We didn't do a whole lot of research. We, you know, put it out there to our local network, said what we wanted to do, looked for interest there and sort of did, I guess, a pilot program for a while. And it just started to grow. Uh, we thought that it would be much easier to, you know, find land to, to process the food waste in. We ran into some issues with that early on. So that's when we had to be flexible and find local farmers to work with. And that ended up actually being a great move and um, one of the best things we've done for the business. Um, and I think just not knowing where to get all the resources we need to actually start a business, I think had I done a little more research ahead of time, it might've been a little smoother, but we've been pretty lucky just to have a local community of chefs, um, farmers, and even just local small business development organizations that have helped us figure it out along the way. And what's been a major obstacle since then in operating your business? At this point, we're really, we're trying to scale up, but the, you know, figuring out the finances, figuring out if we want to do loans versus crowdsourcing. Um, that's, you know, really, I think, been the big challenge because we're not, neither one of us are really business people. We're on the creative end and the problem solving end. So we're really having to find the right people to get support from and, you know, figure out how to navigate growth. And so walk me through the process. You pick up people's food scraps, and then what happens to it? So we pick up the food scraps in buckets and bins, and then we take it to, primarily right now, we work with one local uh, farmer right outside of town, and he has a partnership with an arborist. So the arborist brings his wood chips after after you know he's been out working and delivers them to the farm. And then when we take the food waste, we mix it in piles with the wood chips and because it's been fermenting, um, it breaks down in a matter of like two weeks. So he's able to turn it around and use it in his farm pretty directly. When we uh, work with local community gardens that have smaller, you know, maybe raised beds or things like that, we're, we're able to actually empty the smaller buckets of food waste directly into a trench in the, in the garden bed and cover it up, and they're able to plant within two to three weeks. And so you use Bokashi composting method. How does that work? How are you getting those Bokashi flakes? So Bokashi composting is basically 
an anaerobic method where you introduce Bokashi flakes to the food waste. We work with a local coffee roaster and we pick up their coffee chaff, which is a byproduct of the roasting process that they would be throwing away in, in otherwise. And we put it through a fermentation process using effective microorganisms and some other things. And after about a two, a two to three week fermentation process, we dry it out and then you use it in your bucket. And so do you have like a, a warehouse where you're fermenting this and, and drying it and all of that? Right now we're still pretty home based. So we have um, an office and a shed at our house where we uh, are doing it. You know, we have buckets of the fermented coffee chaff in, pro- in various stages of the process. And so I saw on your website, you work with residential and small businesses, of course. And then I also saw that you work with events. So how are you helping events reduce their organic waste? So primarily at this point, we've worked with some small weddings. So we we work with the venue. We work with the uh, couple getting married, find out what they're, depending on how they're going to be serving, you know, we can either be in the kitchen and work with the wait staff to collect the food waste or, you know, really we come up with a plan depending on what the event's going to be like. We have also worked with a local nonprofit of called the Chef Cooperative. And so they put on fundraising dinners for local farms and other suppliers that they work with. And so we work with them as they're doing the food prep Early in the day, we're taking that food waste and then we're collecting it throughout the event. And then we've worked with them to start using bamboo plates and um, forks and spoons so that all of that can also go into the compost bin. What is your number one business goal for 2019? Um, I would say we're really trying to expand the residential and specifically apartment market. So San Antonio right now has an organic organics collection program if you live in a household in the San Antonio city limits. But if you live, or sorry, if you live in a single family house in the San Antonio city limits, if you live in an apartment, or if you live in a municipality that's part of San Antonio, but it's actually its own city, you don't have access to that. So we're really trying to push to those apartment dwellers and people in those other areas that don't have access that we can serve them. And what steps are you taking to to reach those customers? We just recently became a part of the Pearl Farmers Market, which is a weekend long farmers market here in downtown San Antonio. And so that's really helped us to get in front of a lot of people who may have heard about us, but weren't really sure what we did. So we can talk to them about what we're doing. Uh, There are a lot of apartment complexes around that area. So we're really trying to target them. And then we're also doing um, a lot more outreach at local events like our Earth Day event. We're doing workshops with community gardens and other things like that. So really just trying to get out in front of people so that they know that we exist. And are you going to have like some sort of compost drop-off service available at the farmer's market? So right now the farmer's market we work with does not want us to be collecting food waste at the market. Uh, We think that's probably just more of a fear stigma of what collecting food waste can look and smell like, which I totally understand. Um, So we're working to try to educate them on how our process works, how our customers would really just be bringing us 
the buckets and whatnot. And hopefully we'll be able to um, include that soon. I was going to say it's a bummer that not only that you can't have like a compost drop off at the farmer's market for the customers, but to also be able to work out something because I'm sure there's bound to be food vendors as well. And to be able to work out some sort of partnership to like collect their food waste, too. It's a bummer that the farmer's market won't let you do any of that. Yes, it is. We're hope we're hoping we've talked to other vendors that seem to want it and, you know, saw us there and thought that might be happening. So we're we're thinking that once we've been there for a while and can kind of explain to them what we're doing and hopefully maybe even pressure from the public requesting it will um help with that. So we're we're going to be patient. <laughs> Where do you see compost queens in 5 years? Oh gosh. Well, we'd really love to increase and partnerships with the city. San Antonio has a lot of major, major events throughout the year that are, you know, involve food. We'd love to see really all of those become zero waste, sending all that food to the landfill. Um, You know, whether or not Compost Queens is the only one doing it at the time or whether we're working with other companies to make it happen. Really, our number one goal is to see food waste going to farms, not landfills. So however we can help that partnership grow. And to what do you attribute your success so far? I Really, I have to attribute our success to the community that surrounds us. So really, people that have heard what we're doing have stepped up to support us, to spread our message, to, you know, help get the word out there. Uh, it's really been... Um, a journey of educating people as to why they should care, why they should compost, why it's not okay that, you know, why the food doesn't just sort of turn to compost in the landfill. You know, people just don't understand that. So really once we are getting that message of education out, I think that's really. And what advice do you have for someone else who's interested in starting a compost business in their town? I would suggest that they start talking to people about what, is happening and what the different parts of the community want. So talk to, if there are local agricultural people with farms, talk to them, talk to local chefs, you know, see what's, what's existing and how you can fit into what's already on the landscape. Um, But also just, you know, put it out there to everyone, you know, and just, you know, I think go for it. I don't, I think if we had put too much thought into it, we would not have gone for it. So where can we go to learn more about Compost Queens? We have a website. It's www.compostqueenstx.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Compost Queens. And then if you are, if you're local to San Antonio, you can find us at the Pearl Farmers Market on Saturdays. Is that a year round event or seasonal? It is year round. Oh, lucky you for having good enough weather to do it year round. (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's the thing about San Antonio. We've got a lot of growing seasons here. Uh, It does really get a little bit oppressive in the summertime, but, uh, but really, yeah, we can be outside pretty much the whole year. It's pretty great. See, I'm in South Dakota right now. And so the farmer's market is seasonal and it's like, oh, well, we'll open in May if it stopped snowing by then. I'm like, oh. Oh, Oh, yeah, I can't even imagine. (laughs) So what is your number one tip for living an ethical and eco-friendly lifestyle? 
I think my number one tip would be just to start somewhere. Look at your life. See where you can do without something or, you know, replace it. You know, if you're buying a lot of bottled water, get a reusable bottle. If water, you know, quality is not great, try to figure out how to get a water filter. I mean, just, you know, some start somewhere somewhere that you can make it stick because once you start doing things you start seeing other ways you can change so it just becomes a domino effect in my experience and that's a wrap i'll be back next wednesday with stephanie wall of seattle zero waste as she shares how to start a local zero waste group if you find value in the hippie haven podcast please share it with someone you know who'd be interested you can also leave a review in iTunes or whichever podcast app you're using. And please consider buying me a virtual cup of coffee to keep me going. Each podcast episode takes around six hours to create. And episodes cost at least $50 each out of my own pocket. These costs include file hosting, editing, transcription for people who need or prefer content, and my own time of researching, drafting, recording, proofing, and promoting. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Callie, that's C-A-L-L-E-E, to support the work I'm doing with a $4 cup of coffee. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart for spending this time with me. I hope you have a great rest of your day.